You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. In Nehemiah, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. But what does that actually mean? Are joy and happiness the same thing? Today, join us as we talk about the challenge of protecting our joy, how it can be contagious for the people around us and can be a transformative force in our lives. Honestly, the happiness isn't really called out in the word. It's all, it's all joy. So like, if it's on the inside, the point of it coming out, that comes down to a choice. Comes down to a choice and discipline. Uh-huh. But Can I make an argument that? Because I know that there is a difference between happiness and joy. And one is deep and long-lasting, and the other is fleeting and more... Uh, superficial but the superficial surface happiness Mm -hmm. is a catalyst for joy yeah and that's what attracts people to you yeah right but that's what comes out so when i when i was saying like there's not really there's not really happiness like specific i mean there's a few scriptures that say the word happy but it's you you look up scriptures on happiness and it's all just mm-hmm. the, like the actual we, word joy, 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 joy. We were just at a friend's funeral and after the, you know, the service and then the, the fellowship time, um, some people that I've known for years, uh, we started talking and, and actually the one guy, he was, he was about to leave and he spotted me and I heard him from across like this crowded room telling his wife, I just seen Joe King. I got to at least say hi to him. Mm-hmm. So then I seen that. So I started walking towards him and we kind of met in the middle and we started talking and we were immediately laughing about some things. And then another man was attracted to that, got up from his table, came over, joined in. And then pretty soon the pastor was over and joined in. And it was like a magnet. There was people that you could clearly see, like, evaded the situation and walked all the way around. Mm-hmm. But, there, like, the longer we stood there laughing, the more, um, as I looked around, people were eavesdropping. Yeah. And they weren't even necessarily jumping in or, or trying to actually be a part of the conversation. They were just drawn to the laughter and, and the fun we were having. And then it was... The, the core of it was four people that are well-known. A lawyer, another man that owns a huge consulting firm, the pastor, and then me, the parking lot evangelist. I feel like that's a joke, like the start of a joke. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. somebody, somebody listen to this and write mm-hmm. a joke off of that with a lawyer, uh, a consultant firm CEO, a pastor, Try to shorten and the a, name of the consultant firm CEO. Yeah, I don't know what to call them. A CEO. Yeah, CEO. Well, it's interesting, too, because these people are all people that... So the one guy, he makes... I, I always love it when God uses certain people for me. Um, it's particular to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that man, he's, he's, he's got a, a wonderful education. He has been put in a place of authority um, to help make 
you know, finalizing decisions in people's lives and businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, the other man, uh, he has a consulting firm, but he also puts x-ray technology in hospitals and chiropractic clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's an authority in his industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the other man runs a pretty good-sized church. Um, he's, he's devoted his life to speaking into the lives of others in, in hopes that they'll have a lasting result and change. You know, so like seeing how God uses these people in your life. And then we're standing there laughing and joking about, you know, this one time God used the, the man who's a lawyer in the youth and it resulted in him putting on a kilt and some shades and writing a rap song and performing in front of the whole church. <laughs> and, and like, he goes, man, you'll never let me live that down. But I'm like, that spoke into me because if, if you, a man of public figure, that people know what you do and, and how you've used all your education to get to where you are, if God can call you out, humble you, and have you do something that most people himself included, would deem silly mm-hmm. to to try and move the youth toward closer to relationship with Jesus. Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I that, if God says, do something that, that seems silly yeah. in my name to bring other people, like, when you see somebody do that, you're you're either going to be moved to think, like this is funny, but impactful, or you're going to be judgmental. Yeah, you know. And for me, it was like, man, here's this guy. Like, I I aspire to be like this professional person, and this is what they'll do for Jesus. Then what right do I have to not step out? Mm-hmm. Like, what what have I done in my life that's so significant, and and that can that can keep me from having to humble myself? And there's like nothing. Do you know what's funny is that oftentimes people in positions of power, people that a lot of people would admire and look up to because of their position, they kind of get stuck in this like, well, they're kind of like typecast in that role, right? But then I think a lot of times they become envious of people that are more free-spirited and Mm -hmm. are more freely able to engage in silly behavior and cracking jokes and things like that because there's just expectation that they have to be conduct themselves a very certain specific way and so that ministered to you because you saw them kind of let their hair down so to speak Mm -hmm. but the same goes the other way there's people that don't have a prestigious title or a fancy job or something like that that diminish their own ability to speak into those people's lives. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to like laugh and joke and have a good time and, and be human Mm -hmm. with, with those people and allow them to be themselves and that they don't have to be that role with you. It ministers to them in a big way too. I definitely understand that personality just in general plays in with your happiness Mm -hmm. meter. Right. Yeah. Because some people are just honestly more happy than other personalities. Yeah. 
But at the same time, I also do feel like Christians tend to fall into this trap of bingo. Yeah. Well, I was now I was I'm nervous that I'm thing. not gonna no, you're gonna <laughs> say, say it. what you want say to say. Um, fall into this trap of they lose it when they come over to Christianity because this is what happens. So prior to Christianity, a lot of people um, they have like no inhibition. So they are completely like or minimal free for conviction. all. They like could ca- really care. Like couldn't, couldn't care less. Couldn't care you less. You say or occurs. do anything and you're not convicted. Correct. Right. Because you don't really have that. You may not even know it yet, but you don't really have that gauge of like what's pointing due north. Right. Yep. So you just kind of you're out there. The you're compass, doing your thing. You mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people will use drugs or alcohol to really have a good time because then that just fully gets them out of themselves and they laugh and they have a good time. So a lot of the times when they come over to Christianity, they it's like a suck meter comes out of them and all the joy just goes mm-hmm. and they become this thing um, that's try- like trying to strive to be awesome and like Jesus and just get into that way of life. But they have zero joy or zero happiness about it. Yes, it's Here's it's the like thing. a Pharisee. You you, it's a religious issue where where you you think that you can't have fun and be holy. Or Correct. Righteous. That's yeah. what it is. They think they can't have fun and be See, holy. I don't. I don't yeah. have it's that crazy. problem. Crazy. Well, my problem in my life in <laughs> well. my walk. Well, thank you. My problem in my walk in my life is like, I read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And my biggest struggle in those areas, personally, is when I read um, Titus or anything like that, Jude, where it talks about what a person representing God's home life and family life should look like. And our grandfather, similar, struggled. I was just sharing with somebody about that, how um, we have callings to be teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have prophetic callings. We have we have all these different things that we know are in the bloodline that God has already put on our mantle. And then having children of my own. Mm-hmm. And then I married a woman who comes from a family that also had their own set of tools and inheritance spiritually. Mm-hmm. And then now we've made children together and you know, the 4,000 or so personality traits that are just genetically intertwined in their DNA mm-hmm. that will manifest over time, you know, then you're always, you, you have this, um, it, it's like this, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have this expectation of trying to, yeah, trying to meet w- what what you know, like you're striving for in Christ. And then you see all the little bumps in the kids, in the family life. So like when I'm in a church full of people or I'm in a Walmart parking lot or something, it's really easy for me to manifest joy, happiness, um, self-control, all the fruit of the Spirit, Mm -hmm. um, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. It's really easy, but in the own home where where you hold everybody to a higher standard because you know where you came from and it's like well you should be here because I got delivered from this well they weren't they weren't there mm-hmm. they weren't a part of that deliverance they they just get the benefit of that they don't ever have to watch dad consume alcohol and drugs and pornography on the regular they don't have to deal with that 
So then all of a sudden you see some of those same personality traits that you had and have from genetics, science, uh, manifesting. You're like, ooh, that's something that, that the enemy used to bring me into bondage. Mm-hmm. So then you're correcting all the time. And then all of a sudden you, you're not the fun person. You're, you're like pastor's kids put up with this all the time. A lot of them walk away from church because they're like, dad was not that much fun. Correct. And I'm I'm constantly like praying about that. And and can I, can I just say, it's interesting because when I, when I hear that, I think, I mean, we're all fearfully and wonderfully made and God handpicked the character, the character that we have and our personality traits. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the existence of a trait is not the problem. It's the perversion of the trait that comes later through the enemy that can take something that God meant for good. Oh, absolutely. And twist it for, well, just like ADD. Right. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, it's so bad. And we have to medicate these kids Mm because they can't be like this. God created them that way. Joe has done studies where a lot of the people that have ADD are business owners. Do you know what's funny? More and more people are now we more or less call it neurodivergence. But so many people, I said this the other day, so many people are saying that they are neurodivergent that at this point, I don't think it's divergence. I think that the norm is having some level of what people consider ADHD. And I think if you don't have that, then that's abnormal. Mm-hmm. I think that we've actually reversed it Yeah. as a society. I think that neurodivergence, air quotes, is not, I don't, I'm starting to believe it's not a thing. I get that it is a thing, okay? But it's like we've considered far too long like this other, I don't think it's our, our baseline is flawed as a society. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely one example of a personality trait that God gave somebody that if it's not dealt with correctly can go way left field. Right. There's actually scripture because people don't realize that you're 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 made in God's image and likeness, your spirit, soul mm-hmm. and body. Your spirit, soul and body. You have God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the physical embodiment of Jesus Christ, your spirit, soul, and body. Um, I talk about that a lot of times because of how God talks to people in their dreams and stuff. The idea of the soul being this dirty um, leash that keeps us tied to um, perversions and stuff like that. In Third John 1, 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. That's what mm-hmm. you're, th- that's what you start out saying is, is that it's, it's the soul where all that stuff happens. God does not want you to get saved and get rid of your soul and just give it to him. He wants your soul to prosper in him. He, all those, those dreams and those aspirations that you've got, the, the dream of owning a, a beautiful home and hosting for things for family and church, the, the dreams that you have about um, being, able to, being able to have a certain uh, financial placement in life so that you don't have to worry, like those things that 
you know, people are really quick to be like, well, Jesus said the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Yeah, but he also had enough wealth where he needed a money, a money guy. That's where Judas came in. So he says that he wants you to prosper even as your soul prospers. And it's like a lot of the soulish things, if we, if we can give them over to the Spirit of the Lord and have him be a part of that, then it really does make them a good thing. Mm-hmm. And they can become virtuous as well. What I've seen in the in the church world a lot of times is you have someone that like so they do they seek they want to be holy and righteous okay and at some point in their walk they start to equate seriousness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with righteousness and holiness which is not untrue. You have to be serious about your work, reverent, your work, your your walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. But it is like you said, it's a trap Yep. because people like I have literally. There's been times where I try to crack a joke and you can't even get the person to smile. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, about that. And then they go in this very serious and they start to take themselves so seriously. Mm-hmm. It becomes a, a point where they start preaching at you about having the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, tell that to your face, dude. Yep. You can't crack a smile. Yeah. You need to be able to laugh. That's why. And like, th- I've seen people, they, they misunderstand when people get hit with the holy laughter and like they get hit with the spirit and it comes out like they're they literally laugh hysterically mm-hmm. and people get very uppity about oh, like that. That's not for the church. Like that that's person is manifesting a demon. No, yeah. they're not. They're manifesting the Holy Spirit. Right. And how it's working on them in that moment. Yeah. And they get real uppity about it. And that's a trap. Yeah. It, it, well, that, that leads to spirit. being judgmental and. Uh, critical of your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think we have to, I, we were talking about the difference between happiness and joy. And I've literally seen people that uh, from the outside looking in, it looks like their life is devoid of joy mm-hmm. because they can't engage in happiness. Yeah. yeah. Laughter is good medicine. Scripture says that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's such a, a weird spiritual divide in in the in the body of Christ. There's there's so many things that that can affect those things like doctrine, sound doctrine, um, denominations, stuff like that. Right. The the thing that that some people I think run into is they see such contrast that they there's people that I'll I'll come across that um they live like hell itself. Um mm-hmm. they never have anything go wrong in their life. They constantly put out that they're walking in the blessing of the Lord and they're very loose with everything. They'll they'll tell you how God's their best friend and all this stuff and then their fruit doesn't match what scripture says. So I think sometimes people see that stuff and then 
their manifestation of how they deal with it is is very serious. Like the word of God is serious. It's it's sharper than any two edged sword. You know. So when you're when you're you have a lot of things going on in the body of Christ. When you see some people that you know church is something that they go to during the winter because the camps campground's not open. You know. And then they're the super holy one that's always having fun and enjoying life at church during the winter. And I'm not putting those people down, but for a lot of people that I see that look like they're devoid of of joy and happiness, if you had a conversation with them, a lot of them would come down to, well, I just don't think a lot of people take what God does serious. I've had miraculous things in my life. I, I, I was trying to take my daughter for a, a like little daddy-daughter lunch date yesterday, and my back was under attack, like really bad. And I was trying really hard to like just have a good time with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people's backs miraculously healed. Mm-hmm. I prayed. I went to the chiropractor. I haven't taken like ibuprofen since we did our 40-day fast at the beginning of the year. And then I ended up taking ibuprofen yesterday. If you would have ran into me yesterday, you would have thought I was just devoid of all joy and happiness. And it wasn't that. I was under a, a physical and spiritual attack. I know it's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually praying about something spiritual in the church when it came on. So I know for a fact it's got a spiritual you know, and then people will be like, well, you need to change your diet or you need to do this or you need to do that. Yeah, I need to change everything. My spiritual diet, my physical diet, all that stuff. All that stuff plays a role. But sometimes when somebody looks like they've been baptized in salt and lemon juice, uh, it could be a simple fact that they they come from so far off and that they think like having fun is the result of whatever it is they used to do. They, maybe they struggle in that area. Maybe that's somewhere where they really need breakthrough. I think it's still a block, though. It is. Yeah, I think it's still a block with Christians getting this thing where they can't have fun inside the four walls of the church mm-hmm. or inside even just their walk with Jesus. Because look at a baseball game. Look at the disciples. Or a football game. These people are... Fanatics. Laughing, having a crazy time, being the loudest ever. And a lot of the times, if those same people would walk into a church building, it would just be somber, like look, arms crossed. Look at the disciples. They they sat even at the table at the Last Supper and kind of back and forth about who's the best, who's the one. You know what I mean? Like there's a competitive nature because we are race runners. We were just talking to somebody yesterday and... I mentioned Mario Murillo, and they were like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, oh, that's a good guy to kind of check out. And I know he was, early on in his ministry, he was called into a Bible school to to teach on supernatural things. And God gave him a prophetic word of a woman in the crowd that had like stage four cancer. And he called her out, and he said, you come up here. And she came up and he said, if God does not heal you right now, then I'll walk out of ministry. And then he prayed and like she fell out. She got touched by God. And within a couple of days, she went in and they, they could not find cancer in her body. 
That's a very bold statement. So right. he, he must have had a download from the Lord at that point. Well, we're all supposed to, you know, like we're all supposed to. Like that's what dis- the gift of discernment is right. for. It's not for you to go, ooh, did you hear that lady laughing in church? Uh, that was not of God. Right, right. It sounded like a devil to me. Right. Like that's that's the the weakest form of discernment is finding the devil in the room because the Bible says you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. That's both angels and demons. So like our discernment is actually for finding the good. Uh, Jesus talked about- Come on. When you walk into <laughs> the wedding and you're invited to the wedding feast, he says, go and take the lower seat and yeah, be yeah. bid to come up. Yeah. Discern your place. Are you here to be taught? Are you here to just um, pour in? Are you here to just fill a seat and make the room feel full? Or are you in here to lead everything all the time and take control of every situation? Come on. Discern. Take the lower seat. Lest the master come to you and say, that seat was actually meant for them. You need to go sit at the kid's table. He says, wouldn't it be better for you to be bid to come up? Do you want to know what's funny? That you're thinking about me the whole time. No. (laughs) Is like, I think back to like family holidays. Yeah. Um, and not every family did this, but kids' tables at family. Yeah, holidays. I always, I always opted to go sit at the kids' table. Okay, so when you, well, here, not me. When you're a kid, <laughs> you yeah. do not want that kids' table. No, you're like, yeah. this when you is get to a certain age. crap. What yeah. a slap in the face! I need to be with my the other people. intellectuals. And mm-hmm. why do you want to be with the people? Because they're laughing, they're having a good time. You want to be at that table. And then as an adult, like there's been times where I'm like, I thousand percent want to go yeah. sit at the kids' yeah, table. Yeah, right they now. don't care. They don't care what you eat or how you eat it. They're not like, yeah. oh, I thought you're eating carb free today. <laughs> Like, dude, it's Thanksgiving. I'm yeah. going to eat like six pieces of pie, but it's all going to be different pies. Yeah. Like, don't Meanwhile, watch me. Meanwhile, the kids would be cheering you on. Like, yeah, try they're like, another. Chug, chug. The There's a point chug. where you're like, I the just kids wanna... aren't even eating half <laughs> you're like, the time. You're like, I just want to be by the adults. And like, you're sitting with a kid who's like, why do you have your hair in a ponytail? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, shut up, eat. Don't look at me. My Who friend, are you on, even? my friend on YouTube that I watch is this. There nowadays, you would be sitting at the kids' table. They'd all have an iPad or an oh, iPhone, and sure. they'd all be watching sure. unboxing they videos. Even look at you or talk no. to you, just randomly dabbing. Or they'd be playing Roblox together, and you're like, I don't even know ro- what Roblox yeah. are. Or, or, I, or the I latest sit- snap things where you just randomly all the time take a random picture of something. I, oh, I'll sit yeah. at the adults' table now, and all of a sudden, somebody would be like. <clears throat> Look at somebody across the table and say, yeah, I know. And it's like, oh, you you idiots are texting each other at the table right now? And if you're an idiot that texts I was going to say, table, I've done that. Yeah. I'm like, like, let's go, bro. If, <laughs> like, if you, let's get if you, out of here. If you don't know, literally texted me at a table. If you don't know what I'm talking about right now, you're probably either the, the sender or the recipient of that text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be rather embarrassing, though, to be at a table that you think you're qualified for Mm. and then be asked to actually like, sorry, but I'm going to need you to step back. Right. But same concept. If you enjoy that kid's table and you're just making the most can I? Yeah. Out of every moment of it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden some adult is like, ma'am, it's time. Do you know what I love about Carlos? To come up to the higher table. Is that he sometimes lacks situational awareness um, and I mean that in the most loving way, 
we were at a wedding with like all medical people. So like doctor physicians and then like their families, which a lot of physicians are like, it's a familial thing. Right. And then nurses and like all these people. And we were at a table with physicians and we're like visiting and everything. And all of a sudden, and it was like, as dinner was starting at this wedding and they go, where's Carlos? And I looked up and he was in the buffet line with the wedding party. (laughs) (laughs) Getting his food. He's like, I don't know what you idiots are doing, but I am hungry. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what he's doing. He's not from here. Good for you. He, Do you know I was in a I was in a buffet the other day. He, he was telling everybody, by the way, try the beef. It's delicious. <laughs> like at our table. It was so funny. Anyway, go ahead. I was in a buffet the other day and I literally watched this guy licking his hands in between everything he served himself and then touching the Where? utensils. I'm not gonna say. I'm not putting anybody on blast right now. I'll edit it out. I wanna know where. But <laughs> it was that Oh, sick. I would expect but, uh, that. <laughs> oh, last night at the baseball game, I I'm watched not- a guy literally like shaking the box of popcorn and there was nothing but howls left in it. Howls? Yeah, the popcorn howls, the it's, little seeds. It's howls. Howls, whatever. Howls. The guy behind us? Yeah, anyway. Um, no, he was across from me. Oh. He almost choked like four times. He was trying to get that box popcorn down. You know what? I expect this at a baseball game. And I'm his not wife got really mad and she's like, drink something. <laughs> and then she hands him <laughs> cheese curds. There. 100%. <laughs> yeah, because he couldn't quit. He couldn't drink get something. She hands him cheese curds. <laughs> she's the most well, niche Wisconsin <laughs> thing you could have ever said. <laughs> she was like, well, eat these. Maybe it'll scrape it out of your throat. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like, he's like turning red and his eyes are watering because he had like a little thing stuck. You know? Yeah, we've Dude, all been there. I've been so mad at those holes she, in my drawer. Seriously, she took, you're like, hey, she hey, took the box. Hey. <laughs> like, it's so bad. <laughs> she, she, see, I get them stuck between my teeth and my gum, and then I look like I'm like chewing my tongue in front of everybody. You're it's like weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She took the box away. And he proceeded to lick his hand and in between his fingers. Oh my gosh, he was loving that popcorn. Game. And I was like, oh my gosh. But I'm still not like, I would expect that to a certain degree at a baseball game, I guess. I'm not okay. the licking your whole hand thing. <laughs> no, like, like in between the fingers? Like, <laughs> that takes a different level of commitment. Carlos probably <laughs> saved himself so many germs by just jumping into the, the, the bridal party line and just. It's so funny. Getting yeah. his food. Nobody even batted an eye. There's so many people, like, when you go to a wedding buffet, they won't go up for seconds or anything. They're like, oh, this is all I get. In his, like, can you go up for seconds at a wedding buffet? You wait till everybody goes through, but I would, yeah. Yeah. They don't, you're paying, I would I'm not there to eat it. the cake. That cake, I always, I'm, I start to think that the drunkenness of, like, of what don't a slander bride. wedding cake right now what, <laughs> what? like you always have like actually white the, wedding cake is pretty the awesome. bride is is like always really particular about everything and they're going and testing cakes and then by the time you get the cake it, it doesn't taste like that fresh t- cake you tested it tastes like one that's been sitting there for three days being worked on yeah, you know, I can. I can. You see you that. basically have a cadaver cake. Oh my god! This thing has been pulled Sick. out of the oven. What let, is wrong let with you? Chilled out for like three days, and then they frost it and put some little 
plastic Barbies on top, and now you're eating that that cardboard tasting thing. I hope you. I you know what? When you guys have your not that far off twentieth wedding anniversary, I'm yeah. gonna get you a wedding cake with Barbies on do the it. top, do and it. it'll fall in. We're the gonna sand we're gonna do it at Portofino. Yeah, I'm gonna go. To I'm gonna and listen to me. Shout out Portofino. We're totally. I am gonna get one, but I'm gonna get one like a week in advance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> Do it. I'll feed it to passersby. I will say, by the way, it I'll, real, I'll use that dried listen, up old thing as communion bread. In real, <laughs> real quick, uh, in Carlos's defense, this exact same group of people at the last wedding before the one where he went up to the buffet with the bridal party, the le- wedding before that, every time he walked away from his seat or his uh, plate, they put another dinner roll on his plate. And at a certain point, he had like 15 dinner rolls on his plate. <laughs> oh, and he was like, like the people at your table were doing it? People from other tables were doing it. Oh, goodness. It, it, was, a, it was so you funny. You ate them all? He Good. ate every I was gonna single say, one. The only way that would have been better if he ate all of them. Like, yep. the, like the bride and groom were like, hey, you have a bun? Like snapping their fingers at people? Go put it on that guy's plate. And he ate all of them. That's awesome. So funny. That's awesome. You probably blew their minds. You know, every time I go into a house of somebody from those groups, um, they always are like, how's Carlos doing? I'm like, wow. I'm like, my sister and him are doing good. Unbelievable. I know. I'm the one that worked with them. I know. Unreal. They're like, that guy is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, they're like they think. I swear, they're like, is he still? Is he still married to her? No, nobody's <laughs> done that yet. I think. Th- I think they all ever, figured out that out? if they say how's Carlos doing, if I say he's doing great, that means he's still married to you. Oh, they just want to know. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, I don't remember how we got there, but that was a funny digression. Well, we were talking about you know knowing discerning. Uh, take the lower seat. You know what discernment's for. Yeah. So. Here's the thing, and I've alluded to this before, but I feel really strongly like far too often as Christians, we get, we, we miss like the main event. We miss like our main objective. And that is first and foremost, before we evangelize, before we get into ministry, before we pray for people, before any of those things, we're supposed to seek him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful that we're not putting our holiness, mm-hmm. our righteousness, mm-hmm. how people view us, uh, what we are, what we want to portray to people yeah. that we're not putting that on the altar yeah. and worshiping it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause a lot of the times you become like a fix it problem for yourself and you just focus on that. Well, all the time. a lot of, a lot of denominations do that. And there's um, a lot of times where I've seen this and I'm not this is not coming from a judgmental place, but it's coming from a, a loving place because I'm, I'm oftentimes on the platform or like up mm-hmm. singing and leading worship. There are people who cannot, they, it's one thing if you have a soft heart before the Lord and yep. like, you know, as soon as you feel the presence of God, you know, people weep. That is very common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are certain people that in their entire walk with Christ, they get saved. They immediately feel a burden for their family, their husband, their wife, their kids, yep. whomever. Yep. And their entire walk with Christ is, I don't want to say marred. It's impacted mm-hmm. by that burden. Yep. 
to a point where they can't enter into worship or praise. Correct. It's like a cloud. It's like a black cloud. Because they're constant. Like I have watched people over years, the same person can walk into church and they're immediately like, I'm just really, I'm seeking the Lord because of, no, no. Get the because of out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeking the Lord. And I think we get too fixated on these other things and we get Mm -hmm. distracted and we forget that the reason we're there is Jesus. And we, because we're human and we're in this type of a world, there are times I thought of this earlier and this isn't a knock on anybody, by the way, but we do have a natural inclination to seek knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Strength, authority, especially if you're a man, right? And like you want to walk into a room and have control and authority and respect and yes Mm -hmm. and that's god given by the way Mm -hmm. don't let anybody tell you different he created men that way and they should be alpha Mm -hmm. women walk in and they have a certain set of criteria right and they want they want to be loved and nurtured right Mm -hmm. and they want to be maternal and they have all these things i have watched people sacrifice their joy and sacrifice their walk with Christ because they're, they focus too much on getting and obtaining those things mm-hmm. yeah. rather than ob- just simply being in the, in the presence of Correct. God. Yep. And they end up either with a chip on their shoulder or they walk away mm-hmm. or they just go through their whole walk with Christ in that subdued state because they haven't gotten their answer yet and i guess my i'll wrap it my dissertation up (laughs) with this that i when you seek him first all these other things are automatically going to be added unto you correct and you have got to joe can you pull up that verse slough do you know it do you know it memory seek first was the verse seek ye first the God, the kingdom and all of his righteousness and the rest will be added onto you. Yeah. I think I conflated yeah. two verses possibly. Oh, that sounds... My, the whole point though that I'm making is I see a lot of uh, people seeking position, seeking a ministry. They get so obsessed with their calling. They get so obsessed with their righteousness and holiness and calling other people to it, their evangelism. They get so obsessed with those things. Your calling is first and foremost to seek Jesus. Yeah. And then he will place you where he needs you. Exactly. And you need to be obedient and willing and he will give you the fruit of the spirit. Exactly. And it will become manifest. And one of those things is joy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we have to refocus. We have to recalibrate. Yeah. When it comes to our, how we, how we come to the Lord, Jesus said, truly I say to you, unless you repent, change, turn about and become like little children, Trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, you can never enter the kingdom of heaven at all. Mm-hmm. Um, children are inquisitive in nature. They, they want to learn. They want to have fun. They want to play. They want to build, build building blocks and, and then knock them down. Mm-hmm. They want to they paint something or draw something and give it to everybody. They want to share all the time. And they want to eat. They want snacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we, when snacks. we get, when we get, you know, I, I, I get around a lot of people that are really gifted in remembering where every scripture verse is located and stuff like that. And I used to get really, um, 
self-conscious about that. Like, man, God, like I read the Bible all the time and I can't ever remember where this or that is. And he started showing me that my ministry is very different. Like I have testimonies every day. Mm-hmm. If you ever talk to Max, like if he's with me a lot out in public and I'm constantly like smile all the time because that, that in itself is, is a ministry in itself. Yeah. Cause people are attracted to that. Absolutely. They, they want to know why you're smiling. Even over a phone call, you can hear a smile. Yeah. So like smile all the time. You can, it's true. Um, enjoy that God's given you this ability to be out there. What was the verse you just read? That was, yeah, I want you to read it again. Matthew 18. Can you read it slower? Verse three. Truly, I say to you. No, I said slower. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, (laughs) I say to you, unless you read. Is that what you meant? That's That's amazing. Truly, we irritated like half of our listeners in that like 20 seconds. I was ready to kick Joe. Like, stop. Monique was probably like, is he really gonna? Shout out, Monique. Truly, I say to you, unless you repent, change, turn about. Okay, right there. Say it one more time. Unless you repent. You. Unless you repent, yeah. change. So when you're go like when she was saying, like a lot of people, they'll, they'll come to Christ and they want their family saved. And then they, begin, they take that on as a burden and then they forget completely what they did, what God did this for in the first place. Um, you can't change people. Right. You can't change people. So when you're coming in to Christ and he had a Holy Spirit divine moment mm-hmm. that caused you to come into his presence and you wanted that change and that repentance and to come close to him and to get things right now. Yes, mm-hmm. that is perfect. That's what he had you doing. But you can't. So that's where her verse lines up right behind yours because you have to go just straight to him at this point yeah. forward because it's not your job to change every single person around you and make them repent too. Let me read the next two. Um, so I'll start again in three. Truly I say to you, unless you repent, change, turn about, and become like little children, trusting, lowly, loving, and forgiving. Yes. You can never enter the kingdom of heaven yeah. at all. Yeah. Whoever will humble himself before and become like this little child, trusting, lowly, loving, and forgiving, is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives and accepts and welcomes one little child like this for my sake and in my name receives and accepts and welcomes me. So us as conditioned uh, mature Christians, one, we have to like be like the toddler in the room when it comes to the Spirit of God. Yeah. Like we want to like go dig in, in mom's purse. You know, we want to go to mom and dad's, open the fridge and get in there and take all the stuff out. We want to be the one that goes in the junk drawer. If you don't have a junk drawer, you grew up in a, in a weird home. <laughs> Amen. Um, but that's what little kids do. Uh, we have to be like that. And, and, then when we see them come in after we've been grown and matured spiritually and we see these these people come in inquisitive and and excited to and they're the first to the altar at the altar call and it's like man you're up there getting prayer for the same thing every week so what mm-hmm. that's what little kids do yeah 
if it didn't work for like they're, <laughs> yeah. they're like wait you just paid like, that it's my... gonna work this time it worked for yeah. three days last week yeah and then the fourth day was hell i'm yeah. going again and this week i'm gonna make it to three and a half yeah. days it's so funny so, what? Jas- so jasmine had a pain in her leg the other day and i prayed for it and she was like okay i mean maybe dad could pray for it <laughs> Yeah, that's how we need to be. That's when I have like those teaching <laughs> moments. So I'm like, no, we just have to believe now. Yeah, yeah. Can you read yours? Yeah. Um, it's Matthew six thirty three. I was pretty close. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things should be added onto you. Yes. Why do we miss his, that? His righteousness. The last part of that verse. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of where the happiness, you know, the rubber meets the road on that is seek ye first his righteousness. Um, we we don't walk around happy, joyful, laughing and giggling because we don't feel forgiven. We don't feel righteous. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we don't feel that is because it's not emotion. Mm-hmm. Like we can't conjure that up. You can't you can't counterfeit it. You have to literally get to a point where you realize what Ephesians 6 says about the full armor of God and you start to put on his righteousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a breastplate. It protects your vital organs. You have to put it on and then you have to buckle that thing on tight. Yeah. And guess what? If you found that you have taken it off, you need to put it on again. Like every time these guys would prepare for battle, they would put it on. Mm-hmm. They didn't sleep in that thing. Yeah. Can I, real quick, when you were talking about that, though, I also... When you're in a, a Pentecostal or Pentecostal by experience church, a lot of times people read Acts 2, but they only reference Acts 2.38 and after. Yeah. And, like, there's 37 verses before that one. Right. <laughs> um, and in Acts 2.25 through 28... It said, for David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Far too often, we're so moved. We're supposed to be like a tree planted by the water that we're not going to be moved. Mm -hmm. We're not moved by we go to church, have a great experience, come home, and our husband is still acting a fool. Or our kids are still acting up and not obeying or whatever. Or we still haven't found a job. We're supposed to not be moved. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he says, that's a different verse, but I just, it hit me right there. Yeah. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Yeah. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Yeah. Because thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Mm-hmm. That's an X too. Did you know that? Right. No. 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 Um, but the bad versus the good attitudes, though, are yeah. super contagious. Yes. So. Well, it takes practice. You, you have to practice. You know, I explain. So you have opportunity every time, multiple times. How, how often should we forgive? 70 times seven. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what it says? We do this every time. 70 times is yeah 70 is it 77 times seven or yeah 77 times seven in a day Mm -hmm. that's how many times in a day we have the opportunity to practice how we respond to things so we have to start we have to start somewhere 
so when 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 everything hits the fan, we often rely on our our fleshly tools, weapons, abilities to mitigate the issue. What we need to do is starting get start getting um, purposeful about that. You know, like when you when you find yourself in a in in the small things like can't find my car keys like one thing that we do in our household is we start saying lost and stolen items return and we start praying and then we usually find things pretty quick Mm -hmm. um we've had that happen with cell phones uh max left his cell phone somehow in the parking lot of walmart one time we just stopped and we started praying uh lost and stolen items returned i called it and somebody from another town had it and had picked it up and they were like, we'll meet you back at Walmart. Wow. But we have to, you have to start somewhere. And any time with any kind of deliverance, whether it be um, God just comes in and takes it, or you have to go through self-discipline and self-control and long-suffering, which are also things that happen when you want to be delivered from something. Mm-hmm. So you're like, God, you know, deliver me from this, from reacting poorly. Um, you have to start somewhere. If God doesn't just come in and take it, uh, sometimes if he just takes it, then you won't have any respect for the process. Initially talking about how bad attitudes, it started off with bad attitudes and good attitudes can completely affect your surroundings. Yeah, they're like a contagion. So like, for example, if you are in a rotten attitude and you come into a place if there is any susceptible personalities that ended up, that will end up, I've seen it multiple times, where if a strong personality that has a real bad attitude comes into the room, mm-hmm. it's within minutes where the whole room is in a bad attitude. Because there's like lots of personalities that will just be like, well, they're in a bad mood. I'm going to be in a bad mood. Like This is just crap, right? But at the same time, a lot of the times, again, those personalities can sometimes walk into a room in an amazing mood and they can pull people out of bad attitudes real quick. And the whole room is in a guffaw, you know, within 20 minutes. Right. Right. It reminded me of the verse and I know the verse is talking about spiritual teachings. So like Mm -hmm. all the Pharisees like calm down, but it kind of went aligned with this. So it's, it's in Galatians five, seven through 10 you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Yes. I immediately mm-hmm. was reminded of that verse when I was thinking about that. And it says, I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Mm-hmm. Again, I know it's not talking about bad attitudes and good attitudes. It's talking about what you're teaching but other the people. But the principle is the is same. There. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of the times, if you're laughing outside of church all the time and not inside of church, there's a problem. There's right. a block. If you were super, like, having fun, free bird, free, all of that prior to your walk with Jesus, and now you're like a stick in the mud, there's a problem. Like, these are areas where you've not knowingly, there's nothing wrong with you, but unknowingly have fallen into traps Yeah, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So right. if you don't have the joy of the Lord, then you got no strength that's accompanying it, mm-hmm. like period. And 
joy is inner, happiness is outer. Right. But you have to have the joy seep out of you in order for the happiness to even be there. You have to pursue the happiness piece. Like the pursuit of happiness? Yes. Sometimes when you come in and you're heavy burdened and you experience a touch from God and you feel that weightlessness of what you're supposed to have and then you walk back out and within days it sets back down upon you, sometimes it's not that God left you. It's it's that he gave you a good... Uh, visual and, and physical manifest presence of what his destiny for you is. And now you have hope. Now you have something to get back to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people, they go, well, I felt the presence of God or I thought I did, but now all this, all the burdens are back. Well, you have 33 years worth of, of garbage. But it also says count it all joy. Right, but you've had 33 years worth of work to mm-hmm. compile a big garbage pile. Now you want God just to come pick it up at no cost and just get rid of it so that you can go back to making a new garbage pile. Right. Instead of working through the process and going through the 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 little victories of saying, okay, now this is out of my life. This is out of my life. This is, this is now a testimony. And the other thing is, is whenever you see God do deliverance, it results in that person ministering testimonies to random people from that event. Like you don't, you don't have a sign and wonder without a residual. Like there's going to be uh, such as after that. So when you when you do come in, and you're a like, wave. God, I just want yeah. I just want to be free, and He gives you freedom. Now you don't get to just keep freedom to yourself. You have to minister freedom to everybody you meet. You and I once talked, I have a couple of thoughts. One is, you and I once talked, and I said, you know, so often people are like, I can't understand why the Lord hasn't answered my prayer. Uh, have you told God how you're going to steward the answer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do with the answer? Is it self-indulgent, <clears throat> and you're just finally going to get what you want? Have you ever, have, maybe people have had to do this. You're self-employed, so if you've had to do this, I'd love to hear the story. But have you ever talked to your boss about needing a raise? So often, people are like, Lord, I need an increase. And like, can you imagine if you just every day walked into work and you you said to your boss, again, I'm waiting on you because I need an increase. And like, you provide zero justification. Mm -hmm. Zero. And like, or even if you're, even if you're going to sew it back into the company and you're like, I need for my budget, I need an increase. And they're like, for what? What are you going to use it for? They're not just going to give you extra money in your budget. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to provide a justification. You have to make a case for it and say, if, if this is provided, look at all that I can do mm-hmm. for the, for the organization. Mm-hmm. We need to, like, I know that we're not supposed to conflate church and, like, business, right, in in certain aspects. But, like, sometimes I think people, they don't think about providing that explanation and saying, God, I need a bigger house because my family genuinely needs it. Mm -hmm. And, God, once I have it, I would love to have a small group in my house. Mm -hmm. I would love to start to host a Bible study once in a while. I want to have fellowship with my fellow believers. And you start to tell him, 
the ways in which you having those things are going to further his kingdom. Mm-hmm. We oftentimes ask God for, for things or for deliverance of something. Mm-hmm. And then we find ourselves like, God, I just want my joy back and I want boldness. And all of a sudden he puts three people around you that are like constantly laughing, constantly having a good time. And they're constantly bold in their faith. And you're like, God, they're irritating. Yes. God, I wish I could That's get there. That's so funny. And he's like, he's like, I put them there as examples. You need to come into fellowship with them because you're the average of the company you keep. Businessmen believe that. Yes. As Christians, why do we not think we're the average of the company we keep? It's really funny because as Heidi was talking about like how you can impact a room, I saw this video once online and it was like a dance. It was like a gym class, I think, at school. And they were learning a dance. And there was like four girls in a row, like standing side by side. And one of the girls was like having so much fun. Mm -hmm. She was following the instructions and like learning the dance. And she was like laughing and felt silly. She wasn't doing a good job, but she was having a good time. And she looked over at the girls next to her who were, would not participate and had their arms folded. Mm -hmm. She immediately stopped. Right. Yeah. She immediately stopped because she felt stupid. Yep. And it's like that right there. Yeah. That is how impactful. Yeah. Somebody's, Unwillingness to cooperate, unwillingness to participate. Absolutely. And overall cynicism of yeah. a joyful activity can really impact somebody else. When you were initially talking about the seek first, his kingdom and his righteousness. Yes. Um, Matthew six thirty three. Two verses came to me about contentment. Mm-hmm. So first Timothy six, six through eight. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these things shall be content. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, again, once you once you cross that spiritual line. Yeah. You go from being completely and excited about what Christ did for you and so happy to years or days or months can seep in. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't see you moving anymore. Mm hmm. My family's not saved yet. I'm still in the same situation. I'm here. I'm there. This hasn't happened. This hasn't happened. And I've been following you for 10 years now. Something's wrong. Right. It's like a list of accusations towards God. Godliness is great gain when there's contentment with it. Yeah. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. In whatever state you're in, be content. That is where your joy is getting sucked out, is you're not content in whatever state you're in anymore. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere, in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, if you can do all things in Christ who strengthens you and the joy of the Lord is your strength, are you seeing how these two are connecting? You need both of them because without the joy, you're not strong. And God can't do all things through him to strengthen you if you have zero contentment and zero joy associated with yourself. Correct. Uh, This is huge for me because I started to get into that place. So you always say the Christian culture talk is 
seasons. We always say seasons. We always say the well, seasons, the yeah. season that I would be in right now is live in the moment because I have found myself to get into that point of uncontentment where I was like discontentment. discontentment. Yeah. I'm like, this is just garbage. Like I'm doing all the right things. The stuff's not happening the way I want it to happen. I'm over it. I'm not cut out for this. I'm not made for this. I'm not doing this anymore. And I was getting into that state of mind on my timeline on how I thought God should be operating in my life. And the, all that stuff seeps in. And then you just get negative attitudes and you just don't have any joy and you don't enjoy life anymore. And I actually had to pull back from all of that stuff and kind of for a moment go back into that state of I don't care what happens. Don't care. Don't care. I don't care about my future at this particular moment. I don't care about these things because I've already put things into place yep. in order to put things into my future. It's not like I'm just being slothful and lazy about it, but it did come to a point where I started to get so fixated on that that I was taking my eyes off God. I was losing the joy and I had to come back to a moment and that's what I'm living in right now is live in the moment. Yeah. And so I started to just take the little moments with my kids and enjoy them again. And the little moments with my husband and just enjoy them again. And the little moments at church and just enjoy that moment and stop looking at the timeline of my life where I feel like everything needs to take place. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of times when we're looking at where we're not at in life, how come I'm not here? Yeah. Is not because of anything God's put on your heart. A lot of times that's because you're looking at people around you that look like they're there. Yes. And a lot of times you talk to somebody with great wealth or whatever, and they don't sleep well. Correct. You well, know, and so then we're talking about joy today. So comparison is what? The, the thief, thief of, of joy. joy. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to jump into James 1 here. Oh, he's thief. <laughs> Number two, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Yep. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work. You have to let it do a thorough work in you. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be a part of the process so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. Only it must be in faith that he ask, mm -hmm. with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, and doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. I love hither and thither. For truly, let no such person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. Ooh. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his elevation as a Christian called to the true riches and to be an heir of God. 
That's so good. I was toggling back and forth because I was I didn't want to lose my place because the part that I was going to read was in John chapter 15. Yeah. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. You said hither, thither, and now I said wither. Stop it. You, Dr. Seuss. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. When people are standing on that scripture, that's where it's coming from Mm -hmm. is John chapter 15. Okay. By this, my father is glorified. See, he's saying, if you ask, it'll be done. But that through that, God is glorified. Then down in verse 11, it says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I once saw this video of these bricklayers. They were like building a wall and they would get all of the bricks slightly off. Okay. So if you can imagine a brick, the next one they would put at an angle. So it was leaning on the other one. And then they would lean that one on that one like dominoes, but that they're already tipped over. You have one brick that's flat and then the rest are at an angle and they're stacked all the way across the wall. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the first brick, the one that's laid down is slightly out of place of where it needs to be. And then when they move it into place, all those other bricks drop into where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And it they can build a brick wall really fast that way because they just stack them all up and it's imperfect. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, they're not where they need to be placed. But as soon as they move that first brick into place, the rest just yeah. drop. That is exactly what we're saying is that if you align your first brick with Jesus, mm-hmm. all of those other bricks are going to immediately click into place. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that alignment isn't going to look right to everything that surrounds it. Psalm 1611, you show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The only place that you're going to find that joy is in his presence. Yes. That Every time I'm in a service or a revival meeting, they're like, and Holy Spirit come. I'm like... I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and I just I've walked in here, so I'm pretty sure he's here. Well, it is a good song. Yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Song. Like we should we should walk in like kicking doors open, like. Well, there's like, there's that anthem of the whole church body yeah. saying it together. Yeah. That kicks in. A lot of the stories, though, you when you hear the testimony, which is the the testimony is you coming through the test and surviving it and conquering it and coming out on the other side. That's what a testimony is. And then giving glory to the Lord. Yes. A lot of the times, all of those, majority of those, are all, I just had to surrender. I had to let it go. Let go and let God. Like, Mm -hmm. things don't happen until... Things don't happen until you stop trying to be in control of them. We've talked a lot about trees and analogies with fruit and seeds. Um... We're supposed to be steadfast like a tree planted by the water, not moved, you know. But trees go through cycles. Sometimes the trees are barren and they don't have any leaves, especially here in the north. Um, You know, fall 
we watch the seasons change. We see all the leaves turn and then they fall off. So you have this tree. It's still alive, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have any leaves on it. Mm -hmm. Then you see buds in the spring. Yeah. Those buds are messy. Mm -hmm. Yep. They all they over the place. All over the they place. They filled the pool. They f- oh, they yeah. filled the pool. Pl- 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 the, the pool. And <laughs> they also don't question if they're going to bud again. No, they don't. They absolutely don't. And then a leaf emerges and flourishes, right? And then you have seeds and fruit that comes, depending on the type of tree. You ever... We grew up in a house that had like a quarter mile long driveway that was lined with maple trees, mm. which means the little helicopters mm-hmm. would drop every year. Yeah. And our mom would make us <laughs> sweep the driveway. Yeah. And was it like a was it like a blacktop driveway? Yeah. yeah. Oh. But here's the th- no <laughs> gravel. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. I do know mom. Yeah. I wouldn't put a passer, but uh when you were talking about, you know, bearing fruit and showing your testimony, sometimes, do you know, there's trees that they don't ever spread their seeds until fire touches them. Did wow. you know that? Mm-hmm. So when there's a forest fire, those trees, they, they get lit on fire and they eject seeds mm-hmm. and those seeds take root and the forest regrows. Yeah, it's like, I'm going down. Did and you know that? I'm going to yes. send all these guys out. So maybe you're the type of tree that you're not going to plant seeds. You're not going to share your testimony. You're not going to yes. evangelize until you're put under fire. Yeah. Come on. Maybe you're not going to spread seeds until you bear fruit because your fruit has the seeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some seeds just fall. I have goosey. See them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some seeds like the helicopters, they're, they're like in and of themselves or an acorn. Yeah. The mighty oaks grow from a single acorn. Yeah. But think of how many seeds the trees actually let mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not right, every one right. takes root. Right. No. Some of them become a, a nutritious on. source for yeah. other things they're to used, eat and grow. They're repurposed. They're reused for something different. Right. But the tree doesn't even have to be in control of that. Hmm. Right. And a forest will flourish. We're gonna we're gonna laugh, each one of us out loud like the 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 joy of the Lord is my strength. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're do gonna that do it as an exercise as an exercise. I don't listen. Joy is my middle name. <laughs> yeah, you should be walking it. I am so joyful. <laughs> you want us to do it right now? Absolutely, I do. We're gonna get Live. mad about it. Go Live. for it. No, you're first. <laughs> oh man. You are, yeah, I can't, he says. You are first. We're even making these two do it. They're going to do it into the thing. Are we? Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. Carlos Vaughn. So, well, explain the exercise because people are probably super confused right now. So a lot of the times at church, if people are in like a funk and they're just like having like a mood at church, which happens. And we have a smaller church. So you walk in and you can feel people brought in the weight of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's on their shoulders. And they don't realize it's not theirs. Yeah. There's the song, The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. Yep. The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. Yeah. So it. Come on. I just did the chorus. 
<laughs> he went all the way to the end of the song. Usually we say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yep. So we always sing that song, and it causes people to get out of themselves and to force their physical body to just laugh. Yeah. So Bill Johnson was teaching at one of the healing schools, and they had a guy that had like stage five cancer and the doctors gave him zero hope. He wasn't getting healed. Uh, didn't know what to do. He went back into his like primary care physician and the guy goes, I don't know what to tell you. He said, if I was you, I would go to blockbuster. This was years ago. I would go to blockbuster and I would get every funny comedy that's out there with the best reviews, go home and watch them. Yeah. And that guy laughed and for like two days, just watch comedy after comedy. And when he went back in, he was cancer free. That's awesome. That's wild. Yeah. So I know we come up like that's a very miraculous thing. And I don't want to diminish that. But I think it's it's also important to say maybe maybe you don't have stage four cancer. But like getting up in the morning is hard. Taking a shower. Taking care of yourself. Following through with things showing up on time showing up for people that need you or showing up to appointments and like you've just been in a downward spiral you're depressed you feel lonely Heidi had a word on Sunday where people just needed a hug Mm -hmm. and you would be shocked and I felt convicted by the way at how many people actually needed a hug and came up and got one and it wasn't impressed on our hearts ahead of time it took that Mm -hmm. and we didn't hug those people Mm -hmm. okay like there are people right now that like you don't you don't feel joyful mm-hmm. and you're really struggling. Yeah. Hopefully they get something out of this. Absolutely. There's hope. Yes. And but he's the only one. Yeah. He's the only one that can give you the joy that you're looking for. No one else can. And you know what? I pray for those people that yeah. they have a supernatural Come impartation right from the now, Holy in Spirit. Jesus name of joy in their life and they joy unspeakable full of glory that they can't even imagine themselves because they're so they're so stuck in it Mm -hmm. right now you're in the muck yeah and i just pray that god just touches that part of you and brings you joy and that you know what i pray spontaneous laughter on people come on in jesus name in jesus name i want people i wanted to get a little weird yeah let's get weird yeah so we're gonna make I don't know. Fools can we say of ourselves and we're going to do a laughter so, exercise. Proverbs 22, <laughs> 17, 22, A happy heart is good medicine and uh-huh. a cheerful mind works healing. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's so if your spirit's bones. broken and you feel dry, mm-hmm. then you need to have a happy heart yeah. and a cheerful mind. Yeah. After we do this exercise, though, I challenge all of you listening to do this in your car do in it. your bathroom Just do it in your office yeah if there's somebody in the next room that doesn't know you're listening to the podcast do it extra loud so, so that they have to come in and ask why so that the joy catches to them yeah. take a video and tag us yeah <laughs> put it in the comments challenge other people all right you ready yep okay what are we doing <laughs> I, I, you just stopped me <laughs> mid breath <laughs> She took a deep, a deep breath. When I say exercise, I mean you breathe in and you breathe out laughter. Okay, okay. that's what we're doing. Where you go, ha ha ha. I'm ha. nervous. Yeah, you ready? Joe's holding his hand. <laughs> 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 
Do it again. <laughs> do it again. It actually made all my muscles go like limp. <laughs> I almost got breakthrough. You got to do it again. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.